G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are going to go through the forward premiums, all the top dogs in our forward line, and discussing the best options for your fantasy team. Let's go! G'day and welcome again to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys. Uh, and I'm joined once again by the reigning, or not reigning, but the, was it 2016 Goal of the Year winner for the NEFL competition, Luke Rogerson. How are you, mate? Someone did some serious digging on YouTube, <laughs> and they? They found as many moons ago, many bit of fucking carry on afterwards, I'm, but... I'm but. sure, I'm 100% positive that was you. Oh. <laughs> that was you commenting on that It one. was my burner account. You got me. Guilty. You got, got me. Thanks for bringing it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the glory days. Of, if I'll tell you, a bit of carry on. The fucking chest was puffed out. Chin was erect. Like, it was, yeah, a bit of carry on. Next but. time, you've got to intro- introduce me as the... Uh, 2012, no, 2007. Under 10s, Player of the finals. <laughs> what AFL game. Uh, all out. right. Well, today, guys, we are going to be going through a big, big podcast. We're going to be talking about all the best forwards, the forwards that are going to be in our premiums, the players that we are the most confident in that are going to score big this season. Zero doubts. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go through all those players. All right, uh, that was a good podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Like and subscribe, and we'll see you guys next week. We're talking about rocks. <laughs> but no, seriously. That was good, mate. <laughs> seriously, Love though. Uh, what a <laughs> shit forward line we have this season. Cast your mind 12 months ago. Yeah. Spoil for choice. Forward line that we had back then, uh, (laughs) night and day to 2024. Yeah, well, last year it picked itself, didn't it? Yeah, well, we could have started five, as many as five forwards, and some people putting forwards in their midfield. (laughs) This year, I... This year, I I want to just cut the position. I looked at the the spreadsheet you did up with the the list of names we're going to discuss today. I looked and I was like, I don't know if there's any that I really want want to pick. Yeah, yeah. there's, There's a few names that I've put on there that I've just gone... Really? I'm putting them on the list as the premium <laughs> options we've got here. Um, so we'll, we'll see. I, I think both today's podcast and the next podcast that we do, mm. which is going to be the mid-prices, I don't know if we're going to walk away with like, uh, this is a guy that we've got to pick, he's in our side, but it's more, for the most part, this line more than any line is going to be, here are some names to watch. And there might be other names that we don't discuss that might come out of left yeah. field that I'm going to be very open to. Um, and if the role is there, if things look good and they catch my eye, I think in this forward line in particular this season, I think we've got to be open to a lot of different possibilities. So by no means am I setting these players in stone in terms of these are the guys in my forward line, shut up, you know, shutter mode, and I'm, I'm leaving everything else off the table. Um, it's just sort of a, all right, well, here are some of the options that we might be considering, but there also might be plenty of other things that happen in the preseason. Makes it kind of exciting when there's no definitive way to go, doesn't it? Because yeah. I mean, last year at a, a lot of I won't say everyone, but a lot of people started with very similar forward lines. Yeah. This year it could be could be different. So. Imagine if like last year you were the only person that picked like Errol Goulden, but no, we all saw that preseason game yeah, and coming, uh, yeah. and then yeah, we all had him and he was as good as he was. Um, yeah. You know, it is a bit more exciting when there's a bit more diversity in the picks. So 
Let's start at the top, and uh, I feel like for most people, this guy might be a bit more uh, one of these ones. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Jack McRae and uh, and the Bevo experience, I'm going to call this one. <laughs> um, but and it's an experience. It is an experience. So Jackson McRae, I think this is going to be one of the ones we'll spend the most amount of time talking about today yeah. because he is... The highest averaging forward in our yep. forward line. He is the player that, of all the players, has the highest proven ceiling in his history so far. He's still... Look, he's 29. He hasn't crossed over that 30-year-old uh, barrier just yet. The barrier, and, uh, that's what you call it. And a lot of people are, you know, you know, pointing towards Bailey Smith injured for the season. That's yeah. going to be good for McRae. But, like... I think you and I are both on the same page that we're not going to dismiss Jack McRae, but he's also not like a lock in our side. Would you would you say that's the case for you? Or? Yeah, at the moment at the Oxlongs, he's he's been doing that snooping in the change rooms. He hasn't made quite made it onto the track. Snooping he's, in the he's, change you know, peeping through the cubicles and whatnot. But <laughs> um, the, the thing is, I think there needs to be an inquiry over at the Oxlongs and the. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the club culture is a little spicy. <laughs> I'll be honest. Yeah, um, nothing to do with me. Um, I don't know. I mean, I didn't particularly think that um, I wanted to pick McRae off the top, but the the vanilla mm. aspect of it now, a lot of people have got him locked in. Is, is there something to be said for going, hey, maybe I don't have full confidence in this guy, but he's picked by a lot of teams, so you just get on and there's safety there? Well, yeah. like, what do you think to that argument? Yeah, there's something to that, and we've talked about vanilla being a very, very lovely flavour, yeah. uh, especially when it comes to AFL fantasy. And there's something to the fact that a guy with his ceiling, if you don't start him and he does go big and return back to what he's capable of, then you could be left in the dust. And if he... Look, I don't know if I see him getting much worse. I mean, that would be the yeah. only thing that would hurt you by picking him and, and being disappointed that if he goes worse or there was someone that you... The other thing is like, okay, is there someone else you could have picked? That's I think, and, the and that's issue. where the struggle is. That right now, there's no clear, obvious answer to say yes, there is someone else that if I don't spend money on Jack McRae, I'm going to go here. Um, now it might be other lines. It might be the fact that maybe we just have a cheap forward line this year, and we bolster up our midfield, we bolster up our defence, or whatever it is. Um, but that's going to be a very much. I think team structures are going to very much depend on on this forward line and what kind of presents itself. So um, I still think that he's definitely an option, a decent option. Yeah. At the moment he's sitting in my team, um, I have no conviction that he's going to stay there for the rest of the team. I'm open to other players coming in and for me to go cheaper. But like this is the cheapest he's ever been since his rookie season. This is He is not done. He's not been this cheap until like since 2013, over 10 years ago. Every other season, he's bar 2016, he's averaged over 100. Um, so if he averages over 100, there's eight points of upside. The role is the big thing. Uh, and is he declining? Is he just getting worse? I mean, he could be. I don't quite know if I buy the argument of Bailey Smith out that, you know, directly increases yeah. McRae's. Like, having a look at his numbers there, there was sort of a four-game patch in the middle of the season where he actually scored a right. I think he even went over 120 a couple of times in that little patch. But it didn't, like, necessarily correlate with a run of huge CBAs. And he was sort of, in the back half of the year, he's kind of in and out of the midfield. You know, he's got CBAs up you know, up towards the 60%, but then he's got CBAs down at the 20%. And, you know, even in games where Bailey Smith had very, very few CBAs and McRae did, there wasn't necessarily that, you know, yeah. huge scoring that we've come to, come accustomed uh, from a guy like him. So I don't I don't particularly know if I, I buy into that so much. The other thing you mentioned before, 
you know, he might not decline. But if he averages what he averaged last year, that's a loss because, like you said, it's the opportunity of being able to pick somebody. Well, you, you've got to find value, don't you? You you, you do. If I, I dare say, I mean, we don't know any DPPs or anything like that that might come after round six this year. But if he averages yeah. what he's priced at, he's still probably a top six forward. Like that, but, but isn't that like get on him at upgrade season so that you can get the value guys earlier? It probably is, and I'm not saying it's a win, but I also don't think it's a huge loss if there's not a huge opportunity loss. And that's that's the thing that I think this is going to boil down to, is okay. like if there's an, a guy there that you could have had instead of him and it performs, yeah, it really outperforms. if there's not, then you might as well start with the guy who's going to finish in the top six, you save yourself a trade. And, no, and he's there. He doesn't have an early buy. Um, he has some ceiling. So it's it's not all doom and gloom if he just averages what he's priced at. Okay. As long as there's not those other options that you missed out on, I think is the main thing. Um, I guess at come, come round one, if the general consensus is that a, high, a really high percentage of people own him, the worst case scenario thing is that you don't own him and he, he goes off. Yeah. But if you jump on and everyone owns him, I guess there's some safety if he does yeah. just become one of those top six fours, but just kind of keeps churning out yeah. sort of 90, mid-90s. So, I, I will I also know. say, like, what, what I said just now is, like, that is not just confined to the forward line as well. So mm. by you going down from McRae to someone cheaper in the forward line, you might be able to go up higher on a midfielder or something like that yeah. and, and get a guy. And that cash can be used in other different areas. See, so that don't, interests me. Don't just confine yourself to there's no other good choices in the forward line. Remember, your team is one big old mesh pot of, uh, of cash. And if you can distribute that cash somewhere else, you might be able to get someone else that's of better value. The uh, other thing about McRae is, is the thirst factor. The thirst factor. Yeah, you know the head man? tilt. It's like, so guys like Goulden go to the wing and go, oh, righto, I'm right going right to go 140. McRae yeah. goes to the wing and his head's basically tilting into the ground. Did you see the um? Did you see the photo? He had, I think, he had a wedding this this off season, and uh, I think Warney or someone tweeted it out, and he had he a bit got of a, married. Yeah, he got married. Oh. I think he had a bit of a head tilt going on. It wasn't a, a sulky head tilt, <laughs> the too, But I wanted to know if Bevo was invited. Was was Bevo invited? Are they on good terms? Like, well, what's the uh, what's the go there? That's um, interesting. No reports as of just yet. So if you guys were there or have some inside information, let me know if Bevo was invited to McRae's <laughs> wedding because I reckon they'll give us some insight. Um, but I will say, let's just if we. Took the games, and I've done this for Jack McRae. Okay. For every game he played over 50%, I've used that to get an average. He okay. averaged 103 points in games where he played over 50%. Okay. And there was a lot of hot debate, I'm going to call it, in the AFL fantasy Twitter community about, you know, McRae and his CBAs and correlation, causation, whatever. I believe that if he is playing more in the middle, he is going to score better. Um, now probably it, from a mental perspective, it's yeah, probably just, just. I think just a confidence thing. I think yeah. uh, the great man Selby pointed that out, and he he believes that's a big thing, and um and and that's that's where he's plays best footy, so that's where he's comfortable. Um, well, there's sort of and, and they're, a re- of they're a repeat stoppage kind of team, lots of um mm. lots of uh, like hitouts and things like that. So I think that that's going to help his ceiling. Um, I don't expect him to return to like a one ten or anything like that. It's more. At best, it's like a 103, 104. At worst, 90. And he, I think he's somewhere within that range. Um, I'm so torn. So I'm, like, torn. I, I'm thinking safety in numbers. I'm like a fucking wildebeest. And I'm right in the middle. The last thing which I'll leave on before we move on to the next few players, because there is a few players that don't have this, but he has no early buy as well. He's, um, 
He's just a he's a guy that has the one buy round. His buy round is in where is it? In? It's in round fifteen, so the very last buy round, um, which coincides with a lot of other decent <laughs> fantasy teams as well. I bet um, you're going to put him on the chopping block before round fifteen. Oh, you're going to be so frustrated. Fucking frustrated. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just something to keep in mind as well. Obviously, if you're choosing between him and someone else, and it's close, but that other player has the early buy. Lots to consider here with Jack McRae, but. I don't think we're going to give him... I don't, I don't think a lot of these forwards we're going to give a thumbs up, thumbs down, but it's just uh, an evolving conversation. Okay. But he's at Mitchman at the moment. He's at Mitchman at the moment. Well, that means you have to play the sound effect. Oh, I'll, I'll give him one of these ones. <laughs> wow, 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 he's very nice. He's very nice. I don't know. <laughs> the sound effects are not indicative of what uh, we feel. Yes, so let's move on to the next guy who I believe of all the players in the forward line clearly has the highest ceiling, and that is... Flanders, <laughs> um, Sam yeah. Flanders of the Gold Coast Suns, who um, basically, I, I think from memory, won me the Content Creators Cup last year because Bro. I don't believe Tim Guest had him and he had that massive score, he the was final faced. game uh, or the final round of the year. And, I'm glad uh, I traded him out for Zebra with two. Yeah, Actually, I don't know if I traded him out. I just picked Zebra. You, you went somewhere else. Big but wins. Massive finish of the season last year mm. and it didn't, even really coincide with huge CBA numbers. I mean, there was some, definitely an uptick, but he yep. also played very much that high half-forward role. So it seems just to be a guy that finds the ball oh, man. and um, has definitely that first about him. Round three by, however. What are your thoughts on uh, on Flanders as an option this season? Well, he is. He's just a proven scorer. Like, even at state league level, he... Um his numbers were absolutely insane. And I think there's there's something to be said for that, whether a guy translates into the AFL system in the particular role that the coach wants. Yep. You know, that, that can be up and down. But guys who find the pill, just they find the pill. Yeah. So that, for me, is the big question mark, is how does he fit in the, in the Gold Coast structure? And Mitch said it before, but with all these guys, there's so many um, you know, ifs, ands, or buts, especially come, you know, buy rounds, new coaches, new yes. systems injuries all of all of these forwards have something going on i think that we have to be looking out for but for me if flanders is in the role that he was at the end of last year and in the role that we perhaps expect him to be under dimmer mm-hmm. um i think there'd have to be something else go wrong for me not to just cop that early buy and start him so let's talk about the gold coast midfield you're gonna have matt rail in there yep. locked in i think you're gonna have Noah anderson in there locked in is Flanders the next guy? Is the next guy Tuke Miller? Or is is Swallow in there at all? How much is the Humper in there? There's there's like there's a few guys that could run through there. I would and I'd I'd I guess that Gold Coast fans would agree with me. I think David Swallow yeah. needs to make way. I don't You'd feel like to... he's in amongst there. I mean you mentioned it before, he's shown that he can score um when he doesn't have that those huge midfield numbers, yeah. but when he's so he was hovering around like sort of forty percent CBA, um, sort of the back half of the year. There was one game he went up to sixty nine, but for the most part they were sort of thirties and forties. Classic. Um, even in that last game, I mean, against it, it was against the Kangaroos. He had eleven percent CBAs, and, and he had that massive one forty uh, from memory as well. Um, so yeah, he can score. Does that change under Damien Hardwick, though, in terms of... It could change from a team perspective, couldn't it? Gold Coast could go from a team that can score to a team that can't score. So, I mean, that's a wait and see. The the benefit, although you cop the early buy, the benefit that you get from that is that you get to see a practice game and you get to see round zero. So so while you might end up having to cop that, you get a 
you get more data. You're going to get a sense of, okay, well, what does this Gold Coast Suns midfield yeah. lineup actually look like? Um, you know, is the system kind of conducive to scoring? Is he taking those lead-up marks, you know, getting ready to yeah. you know, enter forward 50, which was where he was getting a lot of his points. Like, he had 12 marks in that final game. Um, so he's very good at finding open space, and yeah. he can collect a lot of the ball. Um so I think those are things, yeah. Like, we're going to get a good sense of it in rounds. Right? Yeah, yeah. It can be tough if Gold Coast become a tap-on, knock-on, hat-kick kind of team yeah. like Richmond were in, in those days. Can I bring something to your attention as well? Yeah. Because, yep. uh, and I'll, I'll fully credit Bales for bringing this to my oh, attention. I, I had to Bales. I hadn't looked at this, but Bales, make sure you go and check out Bales's, um, It's is it still at Bales DT? Um, on Twitter on, it is. I think it's Truly Bales truly HD Bales on, on, on YouTube. YouTube. Of course. So make sure you check, uh, check out what Bales is doing. But Bales brought this to my attention. Is it the same thing you're looking at? The run? The start of the season, and it's not necessarily all about the teams the that this plays, but it's it's definitely to do with the venue. And you can see this. There's, there's some slippery venues. There are the ball is going to be strongly moved venues. at some of these venues. Go run run through a few of them for well, us. Well, so he's got Heritage. So round round zero, he's at Heritage Bank, which is Gold Coast. Um, it's a night game. No, the round zero is an afternoon game. Round okay, one so, is a night game. Okay, okay. Yeah, so round one is a night game at Gold Coast. Then he goes to Mars, which we know what that does and the wind and everything well, down so, there. It's so fucking far away. Imagine playing um, on Mars, mate. Yeah, the, the gra- gravity, mate. Oh, bro. It would fuck with you, I reckon. would never come down. You'd never drop a mark because you'd never <laughs> fucking hit the ground. Um, so he plays at Mars. He's then got his bye. <laughs> then he goes to Adelaide, which is, that's fine. Back at... Uh, but it's not, it's not Amy. Oh no! Which which ground? Adelaide Hills. Adelaide Hills. Adelaide Hills. It is so actually. altitude. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> up in the hills, Beverly Hills, or something like that. I don't um, fucking know what Adelaide Hills um, is. About. Heritage Bank Stadium in round five. I'm just checking if that is another night game. It is. I mean these, and I mean Hawthorne as well uh, against. Hawthorne. I mean he's not. He's not probably going to get no, fingered. But no, no, I think that'll go to Anderson or or, or Took. Yeah. Um, SCG probably not the worst ground for him there, and then Heritage Bank again against. The Eagles, is that another night one? No, that is the first afternoon game okay. he's got. Gabba, is that a night game? Tough, toughish scoring. Toughish score, night game again. So, yeah. And then two games in a row up at Darwin, TIO Stadium. And doesn't matter. I mean, those games probably, yeah, probably June. I'm not sure yeah. in terms of the structure, but doesn't fucking matter. It's hot it's and slippery sweaty, up there slippery, yeah. no matter what. So. so in terms of like uncontested mass, which is what it's a fair chunk of his game. He yeah. can tackle and stuff that as well. Yeah. So I don't think it's going to completely demolish him, but it just does take a little bit of that ceiling off, I would say. Yeah. Um, so in terms of, and you brought this to my attention, and I was like, holy shit, that is actually uh, not the best run in terms of um, stadiums. That, yeah, that's definitely something that I think you yeah. can factor in. Um, yeah. Also, the fact that he's got that round three bye. So. Really interesting. And again, huge shout out to Bowles because that wasn't something that I um, I'd, was on my radar Factored before in. he mentioned it. Yeah. So. Uh, and, and he's not cheap as well. Like, he, what is he, 809000 So, um, you know, he's got a price at around that 90 mark or 89.6. So, look, I think he could definitely, if I was projecting the averages, I almost could see an argument to say he's, you know, F1. But he's, he's, he's not cheap, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it would... It, I mean, if he didn't have the back end of the year, we would not be talking about him, but it would be nice if he stayed cheap for the yeah, start of this 100%. year, would it? Um, what are you doing with Flanders? Is he in uh, the Oxongs at the moment? He's at the Oxongs at the minute, and he's on he's on turf. He's not lurking. He's okay. not, not droning from the, the car So do you have Flanders anything. and McRae, or Flanders instead of McRae? 
at the moment. I have McRae snuck onto the field. Ooh, so you've got both. Okay. Have a look at this bad boy. Oh, the old 0K remaining salary. That's got to be a sign. So this is the Holux winning team, I'd imagine. Uh, I think think so. If you end up on 0K, it's... I've got to say something. I think that's at least worth something. Okay. But I'll, we'll, we'll give him one of these ones at this stage. Wow, wow, he's very nice. But again, a bit of a preseason watch. Very much um, will depend on what happens in that round zero match as well. Um, just a reminder before we go on to this next few guys, very exciting forward line coming up, guys. But make sure you give a big old thumbs up to this video if you're watching on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. We're still on the, t- the quest for 2,000 subscribers, so help us out in our journey there. And if you are listening over onto the audios, give us a five-star rating and review. Uh, I believe last time I checked, we had about 60 reviews over on Apple Podcasts. If we could get to 100 reviews, I reckon we could easily do that this season. I know there's more than that of you guys who listen to us, so if you haven't, go ahead and give us a five-star rating review, drop your comments, let us know what you think about the podcast, and uh, we would very much appreciate it. Alright, we're going back to the Bulldogs territory. Next player, little helmet, little potato, some call him, <laughs> Caleb Daniel. Uh, you traded him in at points last season. Well, I traded him in, but I didn't realise that when I traded him in, his points would directly correlate with height. Because oh, it, just, <laughs> it it was just fucking it was down 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 like down coals scores co- are down. Coles down down <laughs> yeah 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 so I I have too many scars to speak on him what do you think of of Caleb he's he's a tricky one early reports suggest that he's training in the the midfield group I think I'd prefer for him to play off half back in terms of a fantasy scoring point of view yeah I don't know if he's a guy that really gets in there and you know holds his score up with tackles. Um, they have so many good midfielders that oh, are scoring oh, points. No, I and don't I know historically they've, they've been a team that has been able to share so many points. Yes. But at a, at a certain um, point, it's just it's not going to be sustainable. I don't yeah. think like Bond, we're expecting to be... Well, Bond was right up there guy. in terms of tackles last year. And maybe that coincided with someone like Hal Daniel being in there who doesn't tackle quite as much. That Bond had to do a bit more of that, um, which led to his scoring increasing. But... Yeah, I think he's a bit too up and down for me to lock in. I'm, I'm certainly not dismissing it at this stage, but like last year, he had a game of 39 uh, in there. Um, several games at the start of the year where he's below 80. He, he had a few ceiling games with one his highest score of the season last year against Geelong with 136. So still a little bit of ceiling there, but as I'm sure you might have heard as well, that second round of the season, he does come up against his favourite ground of the year, uh, and that is at Mars Stadium, where he's famously or infamously scored a 20-point game before in a full, a full game. So, That's uh, tough. Literally went missing. Yeah. If you, uh, if you have a premium score 20 in round two... That's, that's almost curtain. That's delete it? team kind of shit right there. Mm. Um, yeah, you, you, you definitely don't want that, and we know he's capable of such a score. So... I find it tough. He's never really trained with, with Mitchman and the boys at the moment. Um, if I'm going to Bulldog, I am going with that Jack McRae pick because I think there's more upside. Um, the early buy, uh, the lack of no early buy is um, it's something, but the upside probably just isn't there for me to start him, I don't think. And I like all these guys to have a little bit of upside. It kind of just feels like an 80s, maybe, maybe he gets to 90 kind of guy, but he's pretty much priced there already. Yeah, couldn't agree more. All right, let's move on to the next guy here. And... Uh, it's been a few seasons since we seriously talked about this player as a fantasy option, but uh, our guy right here, <laughs> Dustin Martin, comes in at the very pointy end of the def- of the forward rankings as a as an option. Had a really underrated good season last year, and um, comes in priced at an average of ninety eight hundred and twelve thousand. 
kicks off the season against Carlton, first game of our NFL fantasy uh, season. Can we start Dusty? My my heart says yes, but my head says no. I I don't. He so he averaged similar to what McRae did over yep. the course of the season. And if you're gonna pick Martin or McRae, you're probably picking McRae because at least we've seen. I mean, there was one recently. Yeah, 2017 for yeah. Dusty was huge, but other than yeah. that, you know, we've seen that McRae can be that that um, sort of piggish player. So as much as I love Dusty, he's just not one that's popped up on the radar. I think that he's priced at 90, and I'd expect him to give you 90. On any, he, I mean, he he had eighteen percent CBAs last season. So you think that Nick, seems very low to me? It does seem low. He he likes to just take himself forward, but yeah, I don't he, even he know just, whether he likes playing I, in the midfield. Yeah, I think he's over that. He um, goes and sees a small small kid yeah. up forward and goes, "I'll match up on you, thanks." But uh, I still, what's if you if you're dusty and you know, you've achieved it all? Yeah. New coach comes in. You're he's he's what thirty two? I want to say yeah, maybe well, even. Look it up. I got it here. Hold up. So, yeah, it's what? So, what do you think is Dusty's mentality? If Richmond are not going to be good, do you think he just goes out to say, "I'm just going to, I'm going to fill my boots and just touch as many times as I can," or do you think he like plays a very specific role where he shoots out of contest and runs forward again? Because that's what's been, that's what impacts his scoring. Is he's an impact player primarily? Yeah. Do you think you can see another massive season from him? Or? It, it'll be very tough. I don't think you can start with him personally. Again, yeah. He's got that early round buy. It wouldn't shock me if he, by the end of the season, he's in, their top, he's in the top six forwards. I That's think there's, so shit, there's a very big part so of Dusty's game, which is mental and his like kind of where is his mental space and like how much is he enjoying his footy. I think that's yeah, a big thing for him. Um, and maybe with the pressure off the Tigers this season, like there's no great expectations on them. He's got a little bit more freedom to play you know, his best footy, but at the same time, like, he is 32, so that already rules him out in, in my, my team for my rules. But, like I said, if, at the end of the year, he's a top six forward, and we're trading him in as a premium. I think that that is not out of the realm of uh, possibility, but I don't think he's a, a value pick, so I'm not going to start him, especially because of the fact he's got that round six buy. Um, so, yeah, he pretty much rules him out for me. I mean, from a Richmond perspective, hopefully this year he's dusting off the cobwebs and he's back to his 2017 ways. What? We'll move on. <laughs> that was good. D- dusting off the cobwebs. Oh, my gosh. All right, let's go on to the next guy here who is uh, one of my favourite players and a player who I recently just drafted in the Keeper League. Very excited to man. have him for my team for the next eight to ten years. You're such a sweaty on that Keeper League. Oh, that laptop's glued to you. Right into it. Uh, but Dylan Moore, who I was hot on last year, but I was yeah. also very much, okay, he's got to have the role. And he didn't have the role. However, he still is a fucking gun. And he averaged nearly 90 points with next to no CBAs, fewer than the season before. He's still super young in a team where, you know, like as a pure forward to average nearly 90 points in a team that didn't, you know, wasn't super competitive in Hawthorne. Yeah. They chipped it around the back line a whole lot and he still gets to 90. Like this guy, there's something to this man. And um, there's a Will Day injury. There's mm. the acquisition of a, of a Ginevan. They've also drafted, I think, is it Nick Watson, um, who's supposed to be a, a good small forward there that he might get some early games. Is there a possibility, Luke, that we see Dylan Moore into the midfield? Or even if he doesn't, is there a possibility that with Hawthorne just getting better, that he has a, a little bit of upside in his scoring ability with no early buy? The answer to both questions for me is, is I don't know. But is it something that I want to be looking absolutely closely at? Yes. So, yeah. so if, pre-season for, watch kind of thing. Yeah, for me, if he in, in their practice game is playing midfield time, 
And maybe I'd have to see, like, I'd have to hear something from the coach. I'd have to hear something come out of Hawthorne. Hey, we want to explore more, more, um, more, 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 <laughs> giving, giving more, more midfield time. Then I, I feel like I have to jump on this. Yeah. Like, I don't know whether you can't. The, the guy, he, you've said this before, actually. He kind of reminds you of, like, that Dunkley mold. Like, yeah, a bit of a Dunkley, a bit of a Toby Green. I also see a little bit as well, yeah. um, which is, again, on the flip side, maybe a bad thing that he's such a good forward. That you just can't afford to take him from that forward line and, and put him in your midfield. Like so, you said, they, the ball didn't spend time in the forward yeah, line. Like, yeah, they, I mean, they, he, they he does roam games. all over the camp, over the ground. Yeah. Like he, he kind of has that license to just go wherever he needs to be. Yeah. Um, and the ceiling scores there too. I mean, for a guy that, like you said, is pretty is effectively zero CBA time. There's a one thirty two. There's a one twenty six. There's a one twenty seven. Like those are those are good scores for a guy that has to go and hunt the footy. He's yeah. not, you know. Um, starting at the at the contest every time, so yeah, I mean, hundred percent. I feel like there's a lot um, to be said about um, Moore as a starting pick if we see something yeah. that suggests that he's going to get more midfield time. He's also a guy that that I don't think will burn you all that much in terms of he's got a pretty high floor. He's only gone under seventy what's that three times this se- uh, last season, and again with with the fact that he's done that with no CBAs is pretty incredible. He's had a higher ceiling cadence than someone like a Caleb Daniel like he's gone over tons more than Caleb Daniel did he's gone over that 120 mark three times which is more than yeah. a player like Caleb Daniel did with an inside mid roll um, so yeah I think if I'm comparing those two players in a similar price point I am fading uh, Daniel and going with a Dylan Moore he's younger 24 years old and I do think that Hawthorne will look to be a bit more aggressive in attacking this season um, which might help a player like him out I still think that you will need to see a little bit of a midfield role to feel confident starting him. Much like a Dusty, if he ends up being a top six forward at the end of the season, I won't be shocked. But I don't know if I can back him without that role to be an underpriced guy to start in my fantasy fantasy side despite having no early round buy. So that's kind of where I sit with Dylan Moore. So for now, he is unfortunately one of these ones. No! God, please, no! 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 Until I see something different. We said it off the top, but I mean, with every player we've talked about so far, it's like, wait, it's a wait and see. see. It's, it's a wait like, and watch see. Watch your coach, watch preseason games. So we're not saying anything conclusive, but I guess it's just food for thought. It's, and it's just, you know, yeah. continue the discussion. One more player that we're going to talk about today, and he is in the premium um, podcast for a reason. Some people might consider him a, a mid-pricer, but I think if you're starting with Taylor Adams, you're starting with him as the idea of he is going to be a player that is, in your opinion, a top six forward. He's under 700k, but only just 691,000. He has the early round buy in round uh, five, I want to say, and um, moves over to the new club in St. Kilda. Sorry, not St. Kilda, in Sydney. Is he someone that we are expecting to just move back into a full-time midfield role. Yeah. And if he is in that role, what can we see him average um, to be worthy of a starting pick? Because he is a very popular player in our forward line. Definitely. This is an interesting one because he's obviously moved to Sydney for more midfield opportunity, but he's still a guy that averaged 40% CBAs at Collingwood. So he wasn't completely out of it. Yeah. So what I guess he's shown to us there is he needs to be the 80% guy to score like he did in years gone by. But I think he's had years of like almost 110. He went he? he went 110 I think so, a little while ago. Yes. What, like where does he fit in that in that Sydney midfield? If they've if they've put a trade together and he's requested, "Hey, I want more midfield time." And Sydney's going, "Yep, come on in. We'll give you more midfield time." To me, that's as good as done. He's getting more midfield time. But, but, is but how he much getting, is 
more. Like, exactly. Is it? I think if if he goes to sixty percent, I don't think that's enough for for us to to wear that buy. Because yeah. if it if it wasn't for the buy, like yeah, he probably has some upside, and you can start him. And if he goes up ten points, that's probably enough. But you're missing a game early in the season. Well, for me as well, is like you, so you bring in a guy, you tell him he's going to get more midfield time. That's all well and good. But Sydney have gun midfielders and they've got gun they young do. guys as well. So Taylor Adams is, what, 32, 33? Uh, he's 30. He's 30. Sorry, Taylor. Um, <laughs> lucky listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, sorry, I'm sorry, mate. mate. <laughs> yeah. But like, so Luke Parker is Sydney's highest CBA getter, 78%. Yep. What do we think? Parker's suddenly just going to be devoid of CBAs and Taylor yeah. Adams is just going to be the number one guy. You know, then you've got Robottom, Warner, Goulden. You have to think Warner's going to take another step forward as well, right? Like, he, he's so. kind of their future. Like, I, I would have to think that he's going from 55 and, and that's got... Oh, 53, sorry. And that's not going down. That has to be going up, in my opinion. So. In, um, the, in the last five or so rounds, like, Papley, or even more so seven or eight rounds, Papley had huge CBAs. Yep. He was up around 50%. Like, Callum Mills is going to spend at least a little bit of time Once in there. Back, yeah. Sheldrick is a guy that popped for them. I mean, Heaney, I wish Heaney spent more time in the midfield. But, like... There's all these guys that I, I think if I'm Sydney, I'm not going, hey, 30-year-old Taylor Adams, who's, yeah. you know, unless they think, hey, our premiership run is bang, we're in it, like, let's just lock this guy in. I, c- I, I can see I can see the appeal, obviously. I think I've heard somewhere, I can't remember exactly where, but Sydney was a team that was not the best in terms of contested possessions, and Taylor Adams, Taylor Adams is good at that. That's like yeah. his bread and butter. Um, so that it's, it's kind of like that Tom Mitchell acquisition for Collingwood the previous year where they've identified a need yeah. of this is a guy that's going to help us with a weakness in our team. But just like Tom Mitchell last year, that doesn't always equate to fantasy scoring. It might yeah. equate to the team doing better. It might equate to him being more valuable to that team than maybe he was at Collingwood. And that might be something that Adams is looking for. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously he wasn't a part of the, the, the grand final winning team in Collingwood. And, that would hurt. And, and maybe he's looking for, you know, a, a bigger like, sense of responsibility and value to the team. But again, that might not correlate with scoring fantasy points. So like you, I'm a little bit hesitant. Now, I'm not ruling him out completely. Again, we're going to have a good look at it in that opening round and, and see what he can do. In games where he... Um, uh, sorry, in 2022, he averaged 68% CBAs, averaged 84 points. Um, so average 78 in games where he had over 35% CBAs in 2023, so last year. Um, and then it was uh, 2021 that he averaged 103.5 if you take out some of the injury-affected games, and that was in 78% of games. So he has been declining basically every year. Now, the CBAs have been going down. So he has to be around 80% to give you 100 I think he's got to be. Kind of I, I think to get 100, he's got to be close to that 75 80%. And yeah. I don't think that that's necessarily what I expect. And if he's like 60, 65%, he's probably at best like a 90s, mid-90s guy. And yeah. to wear that early buy, I don't know if it's worth it at this stage. It is really interesting, isn't it? Because the the thing that sways me towards it is you don't... There's a guy that, that outwardly says, I want more midfield time, I want more CBAs. And you go and, and work a deal. Yeah. That, is, that fills me with confidence in terms yeah. of CBAs. But like I said, there's so many names. Another name I didn't mention is James Jordan. We've seen highlights of him. Yeah, in yeah. CBAs he's come in at, for the same thing. That like. training. So um, oh, this forward line, man, like like with everyone, my, my yeah. buddy 
thought. I'm frazzled. Yeah, so I, frazzled. I'm, I'm currently don't have him in my team, but he is he is training with the boys and he has popped in there at times. Um, but like we said, with someone like a Flanders, you're gonna you're gonna have to really like what you see in that round zero um, game. Yeah. And from there, the pieces are going to fall into place, I think. I guess that uh, that's a, a thing. You cop the early buy, but you get more data. So yes. uh, I do like that. Yeah, so uh, let us know what you guys think. Are you starting with any of these guys we've talked about today, yeah. or are you starting with none of them? Are you going really cheap? That is definitely a play that I think the closer we get to the start of round one, we will have a better idea about. Drop us down in the comment section if there's anyone we didn't talk about today that you want to discuss and we'll have a chat to you about. Make sure, again, hit that thumbs up, hit that big old subscribe button, and again, if you're listening on audio, go over, give us a five-star rating and review. And next podcast, we're going to be going through the cheaper forwards, going through the mid-prices, which be another very uh, fence-sitting episode, I imagine. (laughs) Until then, guys, we'll see you later. Bye! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.